The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Happy Monday and welcome to our program today on this, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Hope you've got a great family time planned this Thursday. We are looking forward to it so much, and I know you probably are as well. Got a lot planned for you today with Sherry Few and Patty Garibay. Sherry is with U.S. Pi, that's United States Parents Involved in Education, and Patty Garibay, who'll be with us in segments two and three, is with the Heritage Girls. And so I'm excited about both of these ladies being with us today. Let's get right to it with Sherry Few. Sherry, it's great to have you back on the program. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be back. As a brief kind of reminder for maybe those that haven't heard one of your previous visits on the show, tell us how you got involved in this organization. Okay, so when my children were in government schools, they're now in their mid-30s, so this was some time ago, I was concerned about what I saw in the curriculum when it came to um, the truth on history and, and some insidious sex education standards. So I fought against those in my state where I live in South Carolina, and we formed an organization called South Carolina Parents Involved in Education. And in 2010, we led the fight against the Common Core standards in our state. And after a couple of years in that battle, uh, and disappointingly being um, having the standards rebranded, simply rebranded, I connected with other people across the country who had similar experiences, and that's when we uh, expanded into a national organization and became United States Parents Involved in Education, and our mission is to close the U.S. Department of Education and end all federal education mandates because we understand that that's where the majority of the nefarious pedagogies originate and are incentivized with federal dollars. Now, we've talked about that term, pedagogy, and that has to do with teaching, and it's not a word that a lot of us use in everyday language. It comes from a worldview, quite frankly, that a lot of uh, parents of children who are involved in public schools would know nothing about. And there are so many news stories. I know you see them every day, it seems, where there is some sort of hearing going on and some angry parent is reading back from a book that is so salacious and maybe pornographic that they stop them. I watched a a sheriff's deputy stop a parent from reading one and shut the book, and yet those very books are on the reading lists and in the school libraries of our kids. Yes, and it's a frequent occurrence. There there are, um, here in South Carolina, you know, several of our uh, counties have parents that have done the very thing. In Illinois, our Pike chapter president there took uh, photographs out of the book called Gender Queer, and he blew them up and put them on poster boards. And that's how he has been able to motivate people in a very blue state um, to be outraged by what's being taught to children. These books are, um, they're pornographic. Yeah. And, and they would not pass uh, obscenity laws. But the problem is uh, most schools are exempt from obscenity laws, which is just, like you said, it's crazy that you an adult can't read it to another adult in a public setting, and yet it's okay for children. It makes no sense at all, does it? No, it doesn't. And it's just another one of many things that is upside down in our government schools today. Uh, truth is no longer valued. And, you know, it didn't just happen recently. It's been decades that we have seen, you know, things like values clarification mm-hmm. came into play, you know, 20 years ago. And and what that's done is it, it's really destroyed um, any truth. And so truth is not respected any longer. And that's why we see in the culture, people just denying things that are absolutely true, like, like biological genders. Right. You know, you hear this all the time. You'll hear a person angry that maybe they feel another person is trying to cram down their thoughts or 
their viewpoints and they'll make a statement like this, that's your truth, as if truth could be a possessive thing and that it is in itself fluid between opinions. And yet we know from the word that truth is really defined by what God says is true, what God says is good, what God says is right. And these people, they have forgotten all of that because primarily they've forgotten God. Well, yes, exactly. And God was pushed out of government school classrooms many, many years ago. We we know, of course, in the 60s when they um, outlawed praying in schools. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. If people know the history of um, government education in our country, you know, the Ivy League schools began as a place to train pastors. That's right. To preach. And even when the printing press um, was invented, you know, then everybody had their own copy of the scriptures, and it was important for children and, and others to be able to read their scriptures. And that is how our schools got started in this country. And now we are just in such a very dark place. We have allowed evil to triumph in our government schools. You know, one of the things that I remember from my going growing up in government schools, I was in a public school in Evansville, Indiana, and it was called Vogel School. And uh, if we have any cardinals out there listening, hey, great to talk with you. <laughs> I'd like to connect in some way. But I'm telling you, we grew up hearing about the golden rule. That was something that was honored, respected, talked about a lot. And of course, it bore into everyone's realization. We all knew where the golden rule came from. And it was obviously the Bible. And I remember also from my years there, and this would be my first ever inclination or awareness of what you were saying while they go about how that it's crept in over years. So this would be now in the 60s. And obviously, prayer has already been removed by this point. And I had a science teacher that was teaching us about what was Darwin's theories. And, and he stopped for a moment and he looked at our class and he made it very clear. He goes, guys, I want you to understand something. I'm told to teach this as if it were fact, but it's not fact. It's a theory. And so my earliest understanding of the pressure and the, I guess you could say just the unmitigated and wrong kind of direction that they were leading teachers to take back then was this whole thing of knowingly teach something that wasn't a fact as if it were a fact. And that happened when I was in fifth grade. So we're talking about, again, 60s. This has been going on a long time. Yes, it has. And you know, we, I, I think that especially what we see on the college and university campuses today with the, um, the crazy idea of supporting Hamas and what has happened in Israel, I just feel as though we really dropped the ball. Uh, we've known for decades that this was happening in the colleges and universities, and I guess we just assumed there was nothing we could do about it. Uh, we turned a blind eye. But what we are seeing on these college campuses and some high school campuses in blue states, children, you know, saying, um, chanting protests like in support of Hamas. Yeah, right. That, that, it's, it's like you don't even know who to blame because these are children who've been fully indoctrinated. And now we see it goes down into K-12. And, and now people are upset. But it has, like you said, it ha- has been incubating for some time, and now it's just come to the point of explosion. It is just um, so hard to even believe how many lies are being taught to children with our tax dollars in government schools. I could not agree more. And, you know, one of those points of explosion that you mentioned, to your point, would be this whole thing that's going on right now in uh, the name of equity, in the name of uh, gender inclusion, uh, letting these biological males compete in sometimes injuring uh, females, but certainly in some areas dominating the, the thing, because while they may not have been excellent or excelled as, as a, 
participant in boy sports, uh, the, just the fact that there's a difference, boys and girls, between boys and girls, they are doing, you know, what would be bre- record-breaking stuff when they're competing against women. This also makes absolutely no sense. And yet, for all of the ludicrous that's going on, the stupidity that's happening, it's going on. It's continuing, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's it's really it's really so sad for women's sports, you know, and girls because, you know, we're talking about 50 years they have been fighting, you know, to implement laws like Title IX that would advance women's sports and level the playing field so that women would have fair opportunities to compete and earn scholarships and, and get an education. And so now they flip Title IX on its head. Yeah. And it's it's all it's all it all has to do with well, you know, there's there's one case that we um that we were gonna talk about in Massachusetts, which is a little different, where they just allowed a boy to play in girls' sports. It wasn't a transgender male. But in most cases where we see um boys and men competing in women's sports, it is because they think that they're a gender opposite their biological gender, which we know is not true. There are clear biological differences between boys and girls, men and women. And in fact, um, due to due in part to the testosterone that men are generally, you know, bigger and taller than women. They have longer limbs and and they have um, denser bones and smaller hips, which makes it easier for them to run. You know, women were made to bear children. So we are just built differently. For different purposes, right? Yeah. This gives an fair advantage to these boys that are pretending they're girls to compete in girls' sports. Are you seeing right now, from what your vantage point would be, Sherry, are you seeing any uh, change in this direction or from your standpoint has all of the uh, whistleblowing that's been going on all of the efforts to curtail do you see any effectiveness in those efforts or is this just marching strongly right on well the overall picture for government schools is not good um, because it's more than just the transgender philosophy that is rampant in the schools now you know, it's it's other types of sexualization of children, um, you know, grooming them at very, very young ages. There's there's the lies they're being taught about history. You know, things like the 1619 Project uh, is replacing true history. And, you know, then there's the critical Marxist theories. And, and most, um, well, I'm not going to say most, but I've read a lot about teachers and administrators that, that will, despite the laws being passed in their state, are are going to defy the law and just keep on teaching what it is they've been indoctrinated to teach. I really believe, you know, our colleges and universities are so liberal that the teachers go in there for training and they become fully indoctrinated before they hit the classroom. So it's, it's not a good picture. Um, however, on the Boys competing in girls' sports, I think we've seen some victories. There's several states that have signed bills that um, that bans it. And, of course, there is pushback. But what's so interesting is on all of these fronts, we have people who actually believe that it's okay. And, and then we see the pushback from them. For example, our organization was listed on the Southern Poverty Law Center's hate list this year. because. Wow are fighting against these things. So now we're on a hate list that the government looks at to try to identify domestic terrorists and watch people. So we're being watched as an organization and our 20 plus chapters around the state as being hate. We've been labeled hate groups. So there's there's a lot of organization and money behind this very liberal um, push in government schools. I believe it's an intentional agenda. Uh, I think the end goal is to transform our form of government in this country and to replace it with a communist or Marxist uh, dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's and that's why the critical Marxist theories are in there. And and the LGBTQ and transgender, all of that is is about pitting groups of people against one another, which is what the Marxist theory is. You pit all these groups against one another and society collapses 
and then in marches the new regime. So yeah. that's yeah. what we're up against. It's not just about protecting children, which is paramountly important, but it's also about protecting our country's freedom. You know, I think often, I know that you you uh, made reference to this uh, story that came to us uh, out of, uh, a, a, I guess it was a, a hockey game, uh, a horrific injury that happened to a hockey captain. Uh, and it happened because there was a boy playing against a, a bunch of girls. And how in the world, I, you know, I, why don't you share a little bit about that? Okay, so yeah, there, there, it's in Massachusetts, and um, it's a game called field hockey, which is, you know, a sport that's generally for female athletes. And so one of the one of the girls on the team got hit in the face by a male player, and she had um, facial and dental injury, injuries mm. that required her to be hospitalized. It was very serious. If you see the clip of when it happened. Um, all the girls are just running around screaming because it was such a horrific sight to see, you know, the injury on this other uh, teammate of theirs. It was truly horrific. And then the worst part about it is the captain of the team, you know, wrote to their um, interscholastic athletic association, it's called. And she said, you know, certainly you see the problem here and, and you need to fix it. And they responded that, Student safety um, hasn't been a successful defense to exclude students of one gender. So they have just denied that that this injury was caused because they had a male player against a female player. They are just denying that altogether and basically saying that inclusion, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion is more important than safety of female athletes. Yeah. And it's ruining women's sports by just about everybody's metric. It is changing and forever will be. I think every record that is broken by a biological male in women's sports, it's going to have to be uh, set with an asterisk on that record that it was done by a, either a transgendered girl or which I, I have a hard time even saying that. Uh, honestly, it's by a biological male. I like that a lot better. Uh, it, this is such a mixed up, and you wonder if it's going to ever be able to be put back straight again, whether or not girls have just lost the ability to compete in sports. Because as long as this goes on, uh, you, we we're just not going to we're not going to feel safe out there for those of us that are dads of daughters. I've got three, and my my kids they didn't have to deal with this when they were in school, and two of them played high school basketball. But they did not have to deal with this nonsense that's going on right now. And it is, there are going to be more injuries without a doubt. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, definitely. I mean, if they continue to allow this, it's, it's, you know, it could have been worse. What, what if it hadn't hit her in the mouth? What if it hit her on the side of the head in her temple? Yeah. She right. could have died. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it will continue as long as they continue to allow this. We will see more injuries. And, and that's why, you know, this and, and all the other things that I mentioned that are happening in government schools, that's why we don't recommend any parent um, enroll their children in government schools. And, you know, even homeschool parents um, in some states are allowed to compete in, in sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, in in Florida, they can. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So even there, you know, I think homeschool parents and Christian uh, schools need to form their own athletics and, and, and stay away from the government schools and competing there. Sherry, thank you so much for being with us. Give us your website, how people can find out more about you. Yeah, so our website is USPIE, that's USPIE.org. And I'd also like to give out our film's website. We uh, produced a film called Truth and Lies in American Education, and that can be found at truthandliesfilm.us. Sherry, thanks again for being here. And friends, we'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 
or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. We are back now on Afternoons with Mike and with me on the line, a voice that we get to hear regularly on The Shepherd because she's featured on a one-minute feature that we have daily here called uh, The American Heritage Girls, and those features are really wonderfully encouraging. Parents need to be encouraged on a day like, in a day like today, and there's so much going on, especially in the area of gender and the confusion and uh, all the stuff that's out there. It really just boggles our minds when we stop to think about it. But there are a few voices, like Patty Garbe who is just doing it right. And so she's my guest. Patty, welcome back to the program. It's good to be with you, Mike. It's good to be with your listeners as well. Well, I know they're going to enjoy this. Patty, where are you calling from right now? From the National Headquarters of American Heritage Girls in beautiful, sunny Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, uh, if you're in Cincinnati, Ohio in the wintertime, you have to say that kind of with faith. I mean, let's be That's honest, right? right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I grew up not terribly far from there, southern Indiana, and uh, the wintertime seemed to be more gray than sunny, but uh, Cincinnati's a great city. Right on the yes. Ohio River, too, right? That's right. You you almost need a passport to get across that river. You oh. know, our, the Cincinnati airport is in Kentucky, so not to be confused, right, Mike? When you fly in, you really will be in Cincinnati soon. Oh, I get it. You know, it is just like that where I'm from, too. Evansville is right on the Ohio, on the uh, southern tip of Indiana, and the, the TV station that I worked for, which was at then uh, Channel 25, and they were a CBS back then. They're, I think they're an ABC now. But uh, their uh, studio is actually in Henderson, Kentucky. So it's the same thing. To get to the studio, I had to cross the Ohio every day. And, and uh, boy, there were a few times in the history of winters up in Indiana that that was uh, a bigger feat then one might think it's it's dangerous, you know, in, in wintertime up there. And we had one winter, Patty, where the Ohio froze over. People could uh, walk yes. on it. Was that 1977 or 78? Uh, that is exactly when it was, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember that. It, it, yeah. was, it was very cold. We had a couple of blizzards in there. Oh, my God. Goodness, uh, our that air temperature. global warming, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it used to be global, global freezing. And, yeah. uh, you know, now it's just climate control. They found a name that will work whichever way it goes. So, boy. Right. <laughs> oh, my word. That's just too funny. Yeah, I remember those times. Uh, air temperature in that one winter, we actually got down, not wind chill. We got down to minus 23 Wow. In Evansville, Indiana. Now, go figure. How can it be that cold? I mean, wow. Minus, How did you survive? I don't know, but our wind chill was minus 60. And Whoa. so you didn't survive if you were out in it for very long. But I'm glad in uh, here we are in our Orlando, Florida, and <laughs> this is also heard in Ocala, Florida, on our stations in Gainesville. So, uh, yeah, we can't really relate to all this stuff, but. It's fun to hear about it because we just go, yeah, I'm glad I'm here. So, Patty, tell me what's going on in the world of American Heritage Girls. Well, American Heritage Girls is growing like crazy. I think the darker and more confusing this world becomes, the the more light parents are looking for for their daughters, and they're looking for friendship to be the antidote to the loneliness epidemic that's going on with girls today. And there's a whole lot of, even though they're connected more than ever through social media, they're lonelier than ever. I agree. American Heritage Girls provides a safe space for friendship. 
You know, that is so true what you said. And, and you know, I, I laugh about this all the time because even in Facebook, for example, you have Facebook friends. They're, they're not just connections. They're called yeah. friends. And so you can have hundreds or thousands of friends and, mm-hmm. you know, act like uh, you're the most popular person in the world and be one of the loneliest people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really taken its toll on today's youth. The mental health it's, it, mental health is at an all-time high, concerns around mental health. Um, the suicidal ideation by adolescent girls is at an all-time high. The actual visits to the ER for suicide prevention is also at an all-time high. Our kids are in trouble. Our girls are in trouble. But, you know, I pitch my tent in the land of hope. It says that in Acts, we must do that as believers in Jesus Christ, that there is hope, that we know the hope. But you know what we need to do? We can't just sit and get. we got to go and tell. And that is what we are encouraging our girls and empowering them to do is to share the gospel with their friends. When they worry about all the things that are happening in today's world, even global conflict, the only answer, and we know this as adult Christians, is the knowledge and relationship of Jesus Christ and That's his right. inerrant word yeah. of God. That is so critical, and that is what we're doing with American Heritage Girls. But we're not just proselytizing. We're not just discipling. We're having a whole lot of fun while we're doing all of that. You are, and you guys got your birth at, at, because America was changing. I mean, we all know what happened with the guys on their side with the the whole stuff that went on in the Boy Scouts and the Cub Scouts, and then the Girl Scouts. For years, it was just uh, what, it would cause all of our hearts to be warmed. I think of the cookie drives. I think of, you know, how that supposedly these groups were to help young ladies and uh, for the guys that were in Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts to have character and kind of uh, awareness to be good citizens. And somewhere along the way, all of that went not just south, it went uh, like to the South Pole. I mean, it went all the way down. And now embracing all of this ideology that's out there about gender. Uh, So the American Heritage Girls was an organization that just had to be formed. And thank you for taking part in that. Mm, You know, really was a calling from the Lord. I had been a Girl Scout leader for 13 years. I led three troops at one time, and I was also what they call a delegate to supposedly part of the policy-making governance model for the Girl Scouts. And this was in the mid-'90s, Mike, and, boy, I started to see some things I did not want to or expect to see. And that was when they made their decision to kick God to the curb as far as their Girl Scout promise. No longer does a girl need to make an oath to God, but rather it is based on the cultural stands of today, and that is shifting, as we all know. But this has been going on in the Girl Scouts since I've been able to find since the 1970s. And we were just talking about the 70s and the frozen tundra that we endured. Well, there was also a lot of freezing going on in the feminist movement in that they were taken over the Girl Scouts USA. And that's what I I started to realize, boy, where have I been? I've been serving in the Girl Scouts as a Christian woman, using it as ministry. Had no idea that Betty Friedan was on their national board of trustees. Had no idea that Janet Reno was part of them. Had no idea that Gloria Steinem was part of the Girl Scouts. Well, no wonder they've gone so south. And now today, it's a whole, it's even worse. I mean, with the acceptance of transsexual boys and not allowed to, having to use pronouns and all the crazy dictates that they're having their volunteers having to follow. It's a very scary place to be. And it's a very scary place to support as Christians. And that's something to remember when the cookie drive comes up. You know, I think that uh, is something that we all need to remember. We've got to be careful, even in what we support. And and we actually can be supporting things that are really against our conscience, against uh, just even good sense when it comes down to this. And that, again, I'm so grateful that people just didn't let something go by the wayside. There used to be good things, although now we know, and like you said, it was happening right under the noses of everybody uh, like yourself who was a part and thought the best, thought things would never change, and yet it was going on it kind of uh, subtly. And we now know that this, this kind of uh, thought... It it goes back probably many, many decades before we were even born and beyond. And so I'm I tell you, it is it's really sad. It did start coming out in the seventies. 
with, uh, and maybe even we could say in the 60s with Woodstock and this whole free love kind of revolution that started. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, so we, we, can go, we can mark these markers in our timeline, and we know that this has been in that process. But these people were planted, and they were making changes, even though they weren't recognized or maybe even quite discerned. It was going on, wasn't it? It really was. And I, and I think it, you know, really nothing new is under the sun, right? That's what they say in Ecclesiastes. And I think about the fact that the sin of autonomy has been with us since we grabbed that apple off the tree. And that is where almost all of this falls to. You know, you talked about the sexual revolution, the feminist movement. All of this is, is really lacks God. It lacks a, a, a spiritual authority. What we're dealing with today about gender, saying that I was born wrong, I'm in the wrong body. Yeah. That is the biggest insult to the creator there could possibly be. And it's all about me. So the, the sin of autonomy is, is really what I've been calling it, Mike. I, I can't think of a better way to put it. But it's always putting me above thee. You know, it's just always not caring about who God made us to be and to worship him, but rather to worship at the altar of self. And it's it's so horrible. Yeah, and we don't want to be worshiping ourselves. I mean, a lot of people think they do, but boy, what a what an endless and hopeless kind of yes. a goal that is in and of itself. I, I'm so grateful again for you, Patty, and, and, you know, for those that are part of Trail Life for the Boys. I know both of these, we run those spots as well, those daily features here on The Shepherd, because we want the word out. We want to see young people of this day have what, you know, at least I thought we had when we were young. Yeah. And yeah. I, I have to admit that a lot that was going on when I'm thinking it was the Young Men's Christian Organization that our Boy Scout troop that I visited one time uh, was was holding and thinking that they were talking about about Bible, which they were, but they were also preparing subtly, as we've just said, for what has come out today. And this is really, really not good. Now, I know that you guys are working on a, an ebook. Tell us about that. Yes. So, Mike, we've got several ebooks that sort of correlate with those minutes that you spoke about it, that you so graciously air for American Heritage Girls, but moreover, for parents everywhere to have some tools in their parenting toolbox and a call to action in scripture that really underscores those ideas and those calls to action. But the ebook is going a deeper dive. It's really getting into the, some of the topics that we cover in the minute, but just a little bit further so that they can be downloaded for free from our website. You can have these discussions with your kids. Some of the um, ebooks that we offer is a Raising Godly Girls Guide to Fear and Anxiety. I had already talked about the fear and the anxiety and loneliness issues confronting today's youth. Download that. Have that discussion with your kiddos. In addition, we have one on a Raising Godly Girls Guide to Gender and Identity. Now, this is one that is a huge issue today. Oh, yeah. It's not going away anytime soon. But you know what? We as parents need to be the first to talk to our kids about that because they're hearing about it from everywhere else, and it's not the message we want for them to hear. So get in front of it. And parents, if you don't feel well-equipped, grab this ebook. It'll give you a place to start with great questions and activities to do with your daughter. And this can start as early as the age of eight. And even younger, if you're able to, you know, easily scale this thing down. But it also really crosses over to boys, too. So check out that ebook. Then our third ebook, we believe the antidote to all of this is a biblical worldview, Mike. If more girls and their parents knew what God says about them and that they're created in his image and understand who, what, what is that image? Who is God? Well, we, lo- we learn about the Lord through his word. And so the third book is the Raising Godly Girls Guide to Biblical Worldview. And then just last week, we released the Raising Godly Girls Guide to Peace in Times of Global Conflict. Wow. Now, this is a powerful one. Talk about timely. Mm-hmm. Well, that yes. is something else. So again, going back to these things, these are issues that we are learning just daily, and it's it's in the news even. It's, it's happening everywhere, that the message that is not from a biblical worldview, and really it's part of this whole 
narrative that the news media is pushing out there, the whole uh, gender confusion, gender euphoria, whatever they are coming up with, all the different terms, and they make it sound and they try to make it positioned in our minds like, yeah, this is, well, we're just learning what's right. Uh, No, it's not. This is going against millennia of teaching, millennia of of parenting ideals and principles that we've known about for thousands of years of human history, and they are just now coming out and acting like these things are the way that of the truth and the way that is right. And the, you know they're not they're not any longer. Uh, taking the position of doing it subtly. If they did that in the 70s, Patty, they're not doing it today that way, are they? No, they're shutting it from the rooftops. There is so much noise for our kids to contend with. And, you know, I can go back to social media once again, Internet. How are kids getting information? They're not asking their elders. They're not asking their parents. They're not even asking their friends. They're asking the Internet. Yeah. And the Internet is rompley or full of groomers and and people that really want this generation to fail and to trust that. So one of the first things that we talk about in our um, Raising Godly Girls Guide to Peace in Times of Conflict is talking about media literacy. Now, this is something you may not think about talking to your kiddo, but media literacy is important. Where are you getting your news? Is it from TikTok? I don't know if you heard about the latest thing about everybody reading the letter to the U.S. from Osama bin Laden like it's some sort of Gettysburg address. I mean, this is the kind of stuff. If you're going to TikTok, you're going to Facebook from news, that is not a good source, my friends. That is not a good source. And so we need parents to talk about something as basic as media literacy. And how does it make you feel when you hear a radio story? If it's not of the Lord, it will make you feel confused, depressed, and un- you need to make sure you have good Christian resources. And we include those, by the way, Mike, in the book so that parents don't have to say, well, I wonder what they're talking about. What is a good Christian-based resource? Well, we've got them in the book. So check that out. It's going to be very helpful. You know, this is so true, Patty, what you said about uh, the, the resources, because kids, they're, they're, uh, they're not asking mom and dad. In fact, those in a lot of our schools, a lot of the public schools where our kids go, they're actually told in almost a subversive effort uh, to turn their, their, uh, the kids' hearts and minds away from their parents, not trusting even mom and dad. So yeah. we've got to realize that our kids, they are being literally assaulted mentally, if not otherwise. And it is, it, it's just the highest of importance to every parent listening, every grandparent listening, that you've got to get involved. We can no longer make assumptions that Johnny or Sally's school that they go to is uh, not doing all of this stuff that they're hearing about. We can't assume that. We've got to think that they are, and we've got to prepare for the worst. Otherwise, our kids, like you said, they're going to get the ones that are getting it right between the eyes every day, and it is making a big difference. Patty Garibay is my guest. I'll be back with Patty in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Patty Garibay is the leader of the American Heritage Girls. What a wonderful organization. It is helping fill the gap, fill the void that was left. And, you know, it's not like the Girl Scouts are gone. They're still there. But you know what is gone, friends? The meaning, the values, the Christian heritage that was part of not only the Girl Scouts, but also the Boy Scouts. That part ended. It's gone. It's not there anymore, and we all need to wake up and realize that and not act like it's still there. It's not, and that's why, to fill this void, people like Patty have stepped up, and you're doing such a marvelous job. We were talking about this new ebook that's out there, and now let's go back to this latest one, the 
peace in times of global conflict. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you're seeing, the girls in American Heritage Girls, what it is that they're telling you, what it is they're telling their parents, what kind of of impact is the fact that there's global conflict happening right now? If you think about taking a snapshot of a kid that's 10 years old today, all right, let's let's say a little girl. I'm going to use my, my granddaughter, Mabel, as an example. She has lived through COVID. She has now lived through this conflict. She has had a lot of fear in her young life. She's just hit double digits. I'm sitting at dinner with her, and I see her gazing off, and it appears that she's looking at a screen of some sort. I look up, and I, I turn around, and I see that in this restaurant. There's a TV on, and there's news on. And there's news about the Israeli war. Oh, yeah. And her eyes get as big as saucers, and she looks scared to death. I said, Mabel, what are you watching? She says, the war. Mm. The war. I said, well, what do you know about the war? And she had a very good understanding of what went on, but so many kids today, because of the media, do not understand that. They do not understand what happened in the 40s with Israel and Palestine. They don't understand the PLO. They don't know the history because we don't teach history anymore, right? Right. So what they are wanting to say is that Israel is in the wrong in this, and they're wanting to side with Hamas a terrorist group. So at least my kiddo had the right information, but she was still very afraid. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is so critical that we talk to them about that. We do not need them to watch every night of news. Absolutely not. But let's have a discussion about that. And let's talk about Yahweh and Shalom, who is the God of peace, that no matter what happens, he is sovereign. He is the God of peace. He is completeness and whole and restoration, and only with him can anyone have peace. Now, how do we become peacekeepers and peacemakers and peace seekers? You see, it's so cool that Mother Teresa said this. She said, peace and war begin at home. If we truly want peace in the world, let us begin by loving our own families. If we want to spread joy, we need for every family to have joy. So when you've got the little 10-year-old girl with her brown braids and her saucer-sized eyes peering at you in fear, you can assure her, how are you being part of the solution? Are you being peaceful with your friends, Mm -hmm. with your family? Do you know how to resolve conflict? Do you know how to share the peace that Jesus brings? Imagine if all the people at this table in this war really understood that, we would be able to talk it out and work it out. You know, I remember that's a key. We kind of teach the kids that, that they can be part of the solution, not just deal with and be victims. They feel so victimized. Every one of them do. I think so many kids have lost sight of the fact that one life means a lot. Their life means a lot. You know, there used to be a song years ago, the Southern Gospel group called the Imperials. And I remember they sang this song. They did it a cappella. It was so beautiful. And it went, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with mm-hmm. me. And and that message needs not be lost uh, on our kids today, right? Absolutely. You know, I love that you mentioned a song. What that does for a young girl or boy is really it soothes them. The Lord gave us music for a reason. It's yeah. to soothe us and to worship him. And that is, I just love that idea of let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And knowing that we own part of this, that we can be peaceful in our own lives. And with the holidays coming up, that's really important. You know, I was just thinking today, I had a staff meeting and I was sharing the Thanksgiving proclamation that George Washington made in 1777. And boy, I had tears in my eyes by the end of it and saying, where has our country gone? It has left the Lord but the Lord has not left our country. The only hope and remnant we have is him and his next generation. You know, we cannot change our descendants. I mean, we cannot change our ancestors, but we can certainly inform our descendants. Mm -hmm. And so that's our call as parents and grandparents 
is to make a difference, to teach the girls there's a better way. And I believe American Heritage Girls is exactly that kind of group where it allows girls to be together with friends, like-minded, to have adult mentors that love the Lord and love them. And then a church that cares enough about the youth to say, hey, come on in, this is going to be part of our ministry. That's how we can make a difference in this country and this world. You know, what you said is so true. You know, I'm I'm a Gator fan. I lived in Gainesville for years, and a, a lot of my friends up there who listen to this program on our station up in Gainesville will identify exactly with what I'm talking about. One of my friends, we would go over to his house and watch uh, the Gator games. He had a foam brick. And it was it was like when the ref would make a bad call or when something happened that was wrong, uh, he'd pick that brick up and he would just throw it right at the TV. Of course, it did nothing. And, and you know, it was more funny than it was anything, just watching that sense of, of being upset and rage. But it, what's really sad is that we can't we can't throw f- foam bricks at the past. We can't get all that. We it, it does no good, just like it didn't do any good to throw that foam brick. We can't change what's already happened, but we can change what happens from here. We can change what happens in our own family. And by yeah. with God's help, that change can be enough to make big change across the world if enough people see this. Amen. Amen. There is hope because we serve a God of hope. We do. He's a God of hope. You know, uh, one of the things uh, that I, I know your ebook really deals with, it's all of the stuff that the, the kids are having to find on, on the schools. And there's a lot of uh, clubs and things that are not healthy for schools. But when kids get a, a part of a group like yours, uh, the uh, the American Heritage Girls offers a positive peer pressure. And there's a lot to be said about that, isn't there? There really is, because girls and kids are wired to be with each other. I mean, this this whole, you know, what happened with COVID and this isolation that happened and, and then this continued social media, thinking that your friends can be found on social media. All of that is bogus. It's garbage. It needs to be re, re, reconstructed. I mean, even the makers of that stuff, you know, they know that Instagram is very damaging, psychological to girls, and that that should not be part of the of the landscape, truly. But what, what we do in American Heritage Girls, well, we have so much fun. The girls are able to set goals, which is really something they don't know. You know, they want to know how to do hard things. I have girls asking me all the time, Miss Patty, will you tell me how to become more resilient? They know they lack strength. You know, and when we think about wars, by the way, we think about this generation of guys. Are they going to be strong enough to even do what the greatest generation did? Oh, I know. Might have yeah. to do. It's a scary situation when you think about it. So we've got to grow grit. A matter of fact, we have a leadership curricula for the girls that teaches them how to be leaders. And that doesn't mean the people in the front of the line in our vernacular. It it includes anyone that has influence over anyone else, and that is all of us. And that is how to be a positive influence and to be a leader like Jesus was a leader. But we call our leadership curriculum grit with grace. Mm. And my grit stands for girls rooted in truth. Delivering it in, with grace. That's now, incredible. that's how people listen to us, right? Oh, my goodness. What? Girls rooted in truth. It, did I say that right? It, the G? You did. Wow. That is unbelievable because that's, that's something we all need. I mean, adults need that, for crying out loud. We need grit in our lives. But, yes. But we uh, and we need to not be worried about canc- being canceled. And that's another thing we're trying to teach the girls. Who cares if you're canceled? If you're on the right path with the Lord, that's all that matters. You've got to be resilient. And, you know, we learn the most when we're in the desert. So do not be afraid of the desert. Storms are the norm. It is time for us to raise up girls that are strong in their faith and strong in their identity in Christ. Wow. That's incredible. What do you, what's ahead for American Heritage Girls in the uh, coming year in 24? Well, really, whatever God wants to be ahead. That is really, he is our boss. We have an org chart and God is at the top. Oh, right. I <laughs> um, love it. But of course, as all good Christian ministry leaders, we do have a strategic plan. And, and it is exciting to see that we are expecting very exponential growth. We found this again um, in 2008 when the economy was really bad then. We grew like crazy. People find great value in what we're doing and they start to look at things eternal. And they start to say, you know, 
is that soccer team, although it's a lot of fun, is that really going to help my kids get to heaven? Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure. But AHG will, and it should help us. And so we're seeing those kinds of decisions being made for parents. We're all, you're also going to see more Raising Godly Girls stuff, okay? And that's going to include a podcast that's going to be launching in January, and we're excited about that. We're going to dig into these really relevant issues and how we as Christian parents can talk to our kiddos and also affect the culture through our grit with grace. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing of 24, it's going to be a rock and roll year for us all with the the emphasis of the presidential election, all the stuff that's going on, like you've talked about already, the global conflict, what's happening in Israel, what's happening uh, in uh, with, with uh, the stuff in China and Taiwan. That's been in the news the last mm-hmm. couple of days. And uh, if I saw the story correctly, uh, China just came right, basically came right out and said their their goals are to take over Taiwan, and so that's uh, an ominous threat if uh, if there ever was one. So and, and it's not exactly coming at a time when America's military, America's leadership uh, is at a strong point right now. So we've got a lot of things ahead. Twenty four is going to be a very important year for us all. And my prayers will be that you guys just see exponential growth like you think, and that uh, more importantly even than growing would be the quality of of the kids that their hearts will be just set on Jesus and their decisions to follow the Lord at, at any cost. And, you know, that's the, that's the hard thing for us parents. We realize that our kids are going to have to be facing a world that is more scary, that is unsafe much less safe than what the world we grew up in. Absolutely. And the only antidote to it is to know the peace that only the Lord provides. That is the Raising Godly Girls Guide to Peace in Times of Global Conflict is Jesus Christ himself. And that is for sure. How can people learn more about them? Visit our website at AmericanHeritageGirls.org, .com, .whatever. We're there, American Heritage Girls. And when you log on, you'll see something pop up that offers those free eBooks. We've got several of them. You can pick and choose or get them all and uh, start those discussions with your kiddos and check out AHG. There's probably a troop in your area. If there's not or it's full, I am sure the girls will come if you will build your troop. You know, that's something to be said. It's not like uh, you have got all of the groups you want and you have, no, this is an expanding thing. So if there isn't uh, an American Heritage Girls troop, there can be. All we need is a leader and the girls to join the club. And uh, that's all there as well, right? That's right. Steps to starting the troop finding out where a troop is. You can always go check one out before you do start. But if your church is looking to expand its ministry to really fulfill the Great Commission, this is a beautiful way. And I would be remiss to say, Mike, our partner, which is Trail Life USA, when you do those two together at your church, you've got a family ministry like no other. I agree completely. Patty Garibay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for what you've done in uh, kind of founding this group and leading it. It's a wonderful national group bringing hope and bringing change to girls everywhere so thank you for that and thank you for being with me on the program and a very happy thanksgiving to you same to you and your listeners god bless you all right friends that's about all of our time for today we'll see you next time right here on afternoons with mike 